have to worry I'm not going to get mushy. So, people who know me will tell you I will not get mushy. Matthew 6, 13. And lead us not in temptation, but, a very important word, deliver us from evil or from the evil one. And then if you will, look to, uh, and I forgot what I wanted here, the Bible. Why would I do that? James, and if you read along, it's on page 980 in the Pew Bible, starting with 12 through 16. If I can... Blessed is anyone who endures temptation. Such a one has stood the test and will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. No one, when tempted, should say, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But one is tempted by one's own evil desire or one's own lust, being lured and enticed by it. Then, when that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and that sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my brethren. So, here we are. Jesus in the prayer that he was asked to give to his disciples. And he gets to this phrase. And he said, and lead us not into temptation. And we're thinking, you know, God really, God doesn't uh, lead us. He doesn't tempt us. I mean, what's Jesus got in mind here? But, you know, we do have to be careful. Because in some Bibles... Those are red letters. And we all know what red letters mean. They mean it's the very words of Jesus. And so we have to think carefully through what Jesus is trying to tell them. And it fits in that whole context, if you will, of his own temptation. If you think back to the passage that I spoke about earlier... What we heard was Jesus, after his baptism, was led by the Holy Spirit. He was taken up into a place to be tempted by the devil. Now, from a simple reading, one could say, well, that's then easy to understand. God leads us, but he doesn't tempt us. But we need to take it, I think, a a step further. Because that seems just a little too easy to dismiss what Jesus is saying and what I think, as we saw from the film, although people didn't understand it, they knew God was in charge and that temptation came. And so we have to look at the second scripture that we uh, read in James. And it says basically the same thing. Listen, you're going to be tempted. 
but you're going to be tempted because of what lies within you. It's your own desires. It's your own lusts. And then when they give birth, you decide to act or not to act on what's come up. But that's where evil then comes in as well. Now, what is evil? What is its purpose, if you will? Well, I read a fascinating uh, book a while back and then went to the website of Greg Boyd. He's a theologian. He's a pastor of the Woodland uh, Community Church, I think, in Minnesota. And he was dealing with this very thing. He had been getting letters from his father, who was a skeptic, an atheist. And this was one of the content contentious points that his dad brought up. If God is love, why is there evil? Did God create evil? And I think we've all perhaps struggled with that at times, and I'm sure we've all heard people ask that very question. If God is sovereign, if he's almighty, why does evil exist? Greg Boyd's Opinion is that the very possibility of evil existing is due to the love of God in creation. What's that? (laughs) The love of God produced evil? No. Not what he's saying. When God created creatures that were able to reason, angels and men, he gave them the capacity to choose. You see, as he also says, the freedom to choose or reject love constitutes a risk for God. Creatures may make choices that oppose his will for their lives and the lives of others, i.e. succumbing to temptation or disobedience, but God considered the love that he had for us well worth the risk inherent in giving his creatures freedom. The love which moved God to create man and angels for fellowship demanded that they be free moral beings. When they choose not to obey God's best for them, that's what gives space for what we understand as evil. In other words, the rule of God at those times does not exist in our lives and in the body of Christ. So it means the kingdom does not exist. So we have evil not because God created it. We have what we know as evil because he loved us so much to give us choice. The same choice that we carry with us every day when we meet temptation. Now, we can see evil manifest itself in many ways. I don't think that anybody here hasn't seen it at some point. We've seen the really horrendous stuff. Uh, We have people making films and, and stories about the dragons and these really, really evil people that are so consumed with doing things not God's way that it's no trouble noticing evil. 
But I think the evil that we are tempted with isn't that evil. I think the evil that we are tempted with are those daily decisions that we choose whether we are going to have the rule of God, the kingdom of God, as we've seen, rule in our hearts. And then when we choose not to, it chips away. The first time, there's a little chip. The second time, another little chunk comes out. And the third, and it gets progressively easier to succumb to temptation. And it's at that point that we begin to lose who we were intended to be in Jesus Christ. It's at that point that we don't look like Jesus. And in that very sense, we could say that there is an evil about that. Anything that does not look like the kingdom looks like a kingdom. And it's not the kingdom that we want to be in. Now, I want to just dispel a couple other things. Uh, there are things that happen in life. And I think there's a tendency at times for many of us, when bad things happen, it's evil. No, I, I don't think that that's true. I think we live out life and stuff's going to happen. Has anybody had just stuff happen and you wondered why? But you know it's not really the evil one who did it to you. And it may not even have been a decision you made, but it just happened. So it's just unavoidable. So the very nature of evil that we are dealing with is that which opposes God and his kingdom. Now, it's in that context that I want to consider temptation. Here it is, Jesus, telling us that God doesn't lead us, or that he does lead us. And it's the negative, don't lead us into temptation. And then there's the, that key word I told you about, but. But, it's a very important word, but it's one of those conjunctions that imply that what you've just heard ain't the whole story. It isn't it. There's more. It's a transitional word to the next part of the text, the next additional thought. And in this particular verse, it leads to that cardinal thought to deliver us from evil. You see, it's at those points when temptation comes, and Jesus knew they were going to come. He would never say to his disciples, pray that you will be kept from suffering. Pray that you will be kept from temptation. That was part of who he was, his whole suffering for us and for them. The temptations that he met every day, not just in the wilderness, but Satan waited and evil waited. There was Gethsemane. There was the cross. And Jesus was always ready. And we see various times with his disciples when they weren't ready. Pray that you may not fall into temptation. 
And Peter fell asleep. And we know Peter fell asleep and he fell into temptation. Not once, but twice. Picked up the sword. Then he went and he denied Jesus. Now Jesus told him beforehand, Satan asked me to turn you over because he wants to sift you. And I would submit that that very temptation that Peter was not ready to meet gave opportunity to evil, to the evil one, to come in and sift him. And it made Peter look nothing like the Peter that we saw before. So evil, at least for that moment, the purpose of evil had succeeded. Now quickly, can God be tempted? No, God can't be tempted. But a curious thing, that word uh, in James is the same word that's used by Jesus. The difference is the context is so narrow, and the word for evil refers to the very essence of a person's being. Whereas the word for evil in the other passage talks and speaks to the evil that we encounter outside of us. So no, God cannot be tempted with evil because his very character, his very being, his purity, his righteousness will not allow him to choose it. And it's that same purity and righteousness that stands by us. Now, I asked someone who uh, worships with us, who's a visitor with us, if you will, from Nigeria, Uzoma, uh, to help perhaps make this a little clearer, to share with us. And we're going to talk about uh, an instance in which she encountered evil and the impact that that had. Uzoma? She does have a last name, but... <laughs> Good morning. My last name is Onyebulam. Uzoma Onyebulam. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, will you uh, just share with us a little bit about what happened on that that one night, and then yeah. what unraveled then after that? Yeah, that was the night of May first, May two thousand and five. It was in the night. Um, I was in the bedroom praying. All of a sudden, I heard my younger sister um, calling my son's name, Victor, what is happening to you? What is going on? And um, I, I, as I was praying, I paused a little bit, and I looked under the, through under the door, and I, I saw a flame of fire. So I, I thought the house was burning. I never knew that Victor had a fire um, accident in the, in the kitchen and he was trying to reach me and come into the bedroom although uh, when, I, when I now stopped praying and tried to think of maybe how I will escape I now opened the bedroom door and I saw him in front of the bedroom door and he was doing like this I couldn't see him in person but I was just seeing a flame of fire that covered him and he was doing his hand 
like this and I was just like this looking at him and I said, Victor, what is happening to you? As I was just like this looking at him, I heard a voice. It's a masculine voice, strong. And he said, why do you stand like this watching your son? Do you want to watch him die like this? Do something now. I didn't reply the voice, but in me, I replied, I said, what can I do? How can I get into the fire? As I was still talking that within me, I felt a push from behind me. And the voice instructed me again. As, as, the, as, as I felt the push, the voice instructed me, go into that fire with your hand and walk up to his face. He is trying to remove his shirt. That's why he's doing his hand like this. So I walked into the fire, and as I was going up, getting to his face, I reached there. The voice said, you are there. Now tear his cloth. This voice was as loud as though I am talking with somebody one-on-one. So and when I tore his cloth, I came out. Then he became so little, like a baby, while I was huge. You know, and I felt my leg wasn't on the, on the ground anymore. I, it's like I was as if I was floating on the air. Then when I saw it, I felt, oh, this is something I can handle. Let me now remove all this fire from his body. Then I used this hand and hit the fire the first time. I pulled it. It slipped from here. I said, maybe I didn't do it very well. I used this hand. I hit it again. The voice came again. Don't you know that you are still a human being? You cannot catch fire. Go into the bathroom. There is a bowl of water there. Carry it and then come back and pour it on him. So I walked, but as I I was walking, I know I wasn't walking on the ground. It's like I was floating on the air, but walking. When I got there, fear, I lifted the bucket, but fear came into me. I fell and slumped. The voice said again, Start, call, start calling his name. His spirit wants to leave him. And don't be afraid. Call him back. Then I started calling him. Victor, come back. I command your spirit to return. Come back. And the voice said again, lift that bucket. And I lifted the bowl. Say, walk back to him. Pour that water on him. And then press him down. I did the same thing. and pressed him down. And... That was all I knew I did. I fainted. Then when all these things were happening, my sister that I heard her voice was standing at the corner of the wall as if, you know, he, she was pinned there. She, she, I don't know what was happening to her, but it was when I now fainted and slumped that she now came up to me to revive me. And I opened my eyes. I said, what happened? She was asking me to, what happened? Well, back there is not like here. When something happens, you will call 911. They will come for your rescue. We don't have 911. You are on your own there. So then we, that was all. And when I, when I, when he, she revived me, that was when I started feeling this scorching heat of the fire on my hands. I started feeling it. Then we rushed him to the hospital. Um, 
From there, we rushed him to a hospital for first aid. We never knew the, the deepness of the bone. Then from there, we moved him to another hospital, which is a federal government hospital. He lived in that hospital for 18 months. As every day goes on, he was, it wasn't getting better. He did surgeries, grafting, he lost everything. Infections were eating up his body. Maggot was coming out from his body. Pores were coming out from his body. His only cloth he had, he always had, every day was cotton wool and bandage. And when you clean him and wash him, he will turn to green. And as you are washing him, the, the water you will see is just red, blood. Because he, the, it, the deepness of the bone is like, you will see his blood vessels, white, tiny as it is. And when he's screaming, the blood will just be pouring out like that. So as we were there, I keep praying, and God, um, the, the head of the bones unit came to me and said, we cannot handle this anymore. You take him home. I said, how can I take him home like this? I can't. I can't handle this. He said, well, we have done all we could. And he wrote a discharge note. But I told him, I'm not taking him out of here. He will remain in the hospital. And then I started taking care of him. I will come to the hospital in the morning, see him pray, go back at night, pray to motivate him. But one day when I went back to the hospital to you know, see him and pray with him, a, a doctor in the team came to me and said he wants to tell me something. I said, what is it? He said, if you keep on staying here, your son will die. I learned that you've been here for 18 months. I want you to try a hospital. I know there is a hospital somewhere. Sorry. Before that incident happened, I was, when the doctor told me that I should take him home, I prayed. I went home, I prayed. I said, God, he said he has finished what he could do. But I know that there is a place in this earth that will be something that people that you know and technologies you will know that we can use to make Victor stay alive again. That week was when the doc, I said, I don't know where it is. I know that you are going to make a way for us. I don't even have money wherever it is. I don't know, but make a way. That week, the doctor met me and then told me this. I said, there is a hospital, but I don't know the full name. The name starts with SH. That was all he told me. I said, okay, I will, I, will, I will see what I can do. I got back to my office. I started keen in forming words with SH, and Shriners Hospital came out. And I told the doctor, he took his picture, and I wrote his story in, in the in the computer and scanned his picture to them. Fortunately, Shriners Hospital answered us and we came over here. And that's how our story mm. is. Now Victor is alive and healthy. Glory be to God. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Zoma. It's an amazing story. And all throughout that, she has maintained a faith that has grown stronger through the trial. Evil had its opportunity with Ozoma. 
But it could not change the way that she looked. Maybe her son. Not the way that she looked. And the way that she fought the battle. And that was to be prepared to pray. Jesus said, In this world you will have tribulation. You will have trials. You will have temptation. But fear not. I have overcome the world. I have overcome evil. So you need not be consumed by it. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So the good news is, You are going to be led up. You are going to walk through this life. You are going to encounter temptations. I know that's not all news to you. But the good news is, the one who we call our own, and he calls us his own, has overcome the world. And he has opened up the ability to build the kingdom of God on earth. And so we fit another piece. We hope <laughs> into this puzzle, perhaps without knocking it over. There we go. thank you for being patient with us I felt that Uzoma's story was just critical for us to hear and now I just I pray that as we go forward just keep in mind that we're not alone in this yes we will encounter temptation we will see evil But we know and rejoice that our sufferings produce endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Amen.